Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Random Red Shirt Podcast. I am one of the hosts, Zach, and the other host is Chris. What's up, Chris? Hello, Zach. Hello, everybody. Zach, awesome to see you again, my dear friend. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us around the world and the interwebs and maybe Antarctica. If anyone from Antarctica has joined, let us know because that would be great. Uh, excellent uh, to be here. We survived another week um, in our professional lives and in the holidays here in the United States. Uh, so we made it through. Um, yeah, it's this yeah. was Thanksgiving week for yeah. us at the time of this recording. Thanksgiving was yesterday uh, here in the United States and a uh, lot to be thankful for this year, Chris. A lot to be thankful for. Yes, absolutely. A lot to be thankful for. Yeah, thank you for our friendship, which has been great during this this entire year. It has, it has been been excellent. Zach, is you had you had a big, a, I would say a really, really, really a big deal that happened over this last week that was yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Since the last time we recorded, which was yeah. our look at DS 9s crossover mirror episode, uh, yeah, we picked up our puppy. So he's a. Uh, I guess today's Friday, so tomorrow he'll be nine weeks old. He's a nine-week-old black pug male puppy, and named JJ, which stands for Jake Jr., which is an homage to my my pug who's passed away now. I put, I put him down a couple years ago. So uh, it's been it's been a whirlwind, very exhausting. It's like having it's like having an infinite home again. You know, they want to eat, they want to sleep, they want to go to the bathroom, except for there's no diaper to catch it. You got to take them outside fifty times a day, and it's exhausting. But um, it was 100% my idea. I wanted another one. And um, so now we have two. We have two pugs, a, a female who's going to be three in April, not April, sorry, end of January. And now, and then JJ, uh, who is going to be nine weeks old tomorrow at the time of this recording. So yeah, it's been, been a bu busy week between that. And I mean, I took time off from work this week, but because of the new puppy. So um, I've been home all week, but uh, yeah, it's been, been busy. <laughs> That is so wonderful. That's so precious. Congratulations to all of you. Congratulations to you on, on having JJ and thank you. Um, and now he's got his wonderful forever home. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, I love dogs. Um, we've had many conversations before mm -hmm. on the phone about dogs. Right. And uh, I, I am one of those believers. I'm a big animal lover too. So, but I'm one of those believers that um, believes of all the animals that we have on this earth. I think dogs are the animals that we as humans least deserve. And what I mean by that is, is dogs are so special. They don't, e even when you don't treat them well, I mean, hopefully you don't do that, but if you were not to treat them well, they still love you anyways. We can learn a lot from dogs as humans, right? About loving others and uh, being kind to others um, and and forgiveness. I mean, there's a lot of things we can lear learn from dogs. So I'm a big believer in kids growing up around dogs because dogs teach them a variety of different things um and yeah so i'm, I'm a big and I, I know you guys are too so yeah oh that was beautiful zach yeah my my dog river he's actually looking at me right now he's off camera but he's like he's right by my side uh looking at me and seeing what i'm doing oh no he's leaving me <laughs> but, but, uh... <laughs> perfect timing i guess huh? yeah but i'm a i'm a just a love i love dogs i love my golden yeah. retreat yeah, yeah. I, I grew up with both dogs and cats and lizards and stuff like that. And as I got older, I still like cats a lot, but uh, I'm definitely a dog dog person. I uh, love dogs. Pugs are my favorite breed. They're just great companions, lap dogs. Um, you don't have to do a whole lot with them. And mm -hmm. they they're, they love that little curly tails wagon when you come home and they just love you and it's wonderful. So yes, thank you for, for asking about that. 
Um, but if for those of you joining us, thank you so much for tuning in to the Random Redshirt Podcast. We very much appreciate it. Whether you're listening on your favorite podcast platform or you're watching us on YouTube, we definitely appreciate that. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe or follow button, whichever button you have on your preferred method of listening or watching watching us. And then also check us out on Facebook and Instagram and make sure you follow us there to get all the latest updates and announcements, celebrity guest announcements, and other funny things we post from time to time. A lot of fun there. Uh, but yeah, we are back. Uh, since last week, we watched DS9's crossover as we continue our look of our spotlight series. This is episode number three, Chris, of our spotlight series. Uh, and this spotlight series that we have started is meant to be, if those of you who may not, may or may not know, is meant to be a deep dive series where we deep dive into specific episodes or um, themes of episodes, that type of thing. And so, Chris, this is a wonderful idea you came up with. Said, "Hey, let's we do the spotlight series. Let's go through the Mirror Universe episodes first. Let's let's start with those. And there are people love the Mirror episodes. They're a lot of fun, and I I definitely agree with that. It's been really fun so far. Now we're diving into another DS9 Mirror episode called Through the Looking Glass. Yes, indeed, Through the Looking Glass. And yes, it has been so much 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 fun uh, because, like I said, our last recording, um, we both hadn't looked at DS9 in a little while." So now going back into DS9, it was really, really nice jumping into it. And then you'd have this sub-series in there of the Mirror Universe and DS9. So it was so cool to kind of get refreshed and reminded um, and right back into the into that sub-series and then see the nuances that are there for each of the characters, right? Because when, when I was going through it um, on my watch through of DS9, it was sequential episode by episode. Um, but now I have, uh, when I go back to the Mirror Universe episode, this uh, sense of like appreciation. Oh, there's a deeper appreciation of each of the characters. Um, yeah. So I go back and I appreciate it more and I can see these kinds of nuances that, that each of the characters kind of brings to it. So um, I, yeah. really, I really like that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, it's, it's really easy when you're, when you're watching either just random episodes, you're watching through a series to just kind of maybe gloss over a little bit at, because you're going through so many episodes, right? Especially the, these legacy shows where they have multiple, multiple seasons of 20 some episodes. Um, but, but really get a chance to spotlight kind of like our series, right? Or, or, or focus on a particular episode or series of episodes, like what we're doing now with the mirror universe really kind of helps us dig down into that deep dive that we love to do so much. Yeah, absolutely. And this is going to be, this is going to be a lot of fun. I really like that in DS9 that, you know, they took the opportunity to flesh out the mirror universe, like even more. Yeah. Which is great. Right. It's just, it was brilliant that they did that. Yeah. They, they built off of literally a single toss episode, mm -hmm. right? They took the foundation that was built there by that one toss episode, mirror, mirror, which we have also, that was our first spotlight episode um, in the mirror universe. So be sure to go check that out um, on anywhere you get your podcast or on our YouTube channel. It's there to, uh, to listen and watch. Um, but they took that one particular episode and they've now run with it. And I think you, you hit it right on the head there, Chris, that DS nine took that and has begun to flush out this mirror universe. We're getting new characters in this particular episode through the looking glass. We're now meeting some additional characters that we know very well from the prime universe that we have not met their mirror counterparts yet until this episode. Right. Right. In, indeed. Um, and we got this episode had some twists. So that was kind of, it was really neat to see in there. Yeah. 
It yeah. really did. And speaking of that, I just really want to, if you don't mind for a second. Yeah, yeah, please. I want to take this book here. So mm-hmm. for those of you listening, I'll, I'll kind of describe it. So this is uh, a, a, a really dear, dear friend of mine, Joe Suttles, uh, who I've known since, my goodness, I think fifth grade or something like that. I mean, a long time. One of my, my best friend from high school. And um, he sent this to me for my birthday slash Christmas because I guess it came out it got delayed and came out after my birthday or something. So shout out to him. Really appreciate that buddy. But this book is, I think they've done a Kirk one and a Picard one. And he knows my affinity for DS nine. Yeah. He listens to and watches our show here on the podcast. So thanks. Thank you so much. Um, But this is the autobiography of Benjamin Sisko. It says the life of Starfleet legendary captain and emissary. It's got a red cover with the, the uh, DS9, the later season DS9 com badge and the station in the background. The way this book is formatted, it's written as if the character himself, Benjamin Sisko, wrote this. Although it's actually written, it says edited by, but it's written by Derek Tyler Attico. That's the author. And of course, you look in the back, it shows the yeah. author as being <laughs> Captain Sisko. But it's a really neat concept, right? It's written from Sisko's perspective on his life and being this this captain right who leads the the federation through the dominion war and being the emissary it's just a really neat neat concept i have to go back and look and see if there really is a picard in, in uh kirk one i'm pretty sure there's a picard one at least so uh yeah again thanks thanks so much buddy appreciate that and uh good timing seeing how this episode through the looking glass is all about really cisco that's yeah. kind of hit, focused on him and his first crossover into the the mirror universe Oh man, outstanding. Excellent timing. Oh, yeah. that's gotta be a f- please like update me like as you read that and like your impressions and what you think about that. And if it's yeah, if it's fitting what what um your um perception of Cisco is, that'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I definitely will. And with with as fast as I read stuff, Chris, you might hear an update in 2032. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all good. I'll but I'm still I'll, you'll be ready. I'll, I'll be ready. ready. I'll be you'll ready, be waiting in, in anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, all right, let, let's jump into this. Let's get started and uh, work our way through, through, through the looking glass, I guess, or yeah. work our way into through the looking glass, the Space Nine second Mirror Universe episode and the third Mirror Universe episode of the franchise thus far. Um, so we start out where we get, we get Cisco, Odo and Quark. They're in uh, Cisco's office right we know the famous office of his with the desk and the baseball on it and they're debating about cardassian voles which uh you know cisco basically um he, he tell he tells quark like yeah they're they're used for fighting and and quark is is trying to deny that there's no way these are Morn's pets and so forth and they found a whole bunch of them i mean 27 of them. the cardassian voles are basically like i don't know they'd be like the equivalent of like not quite rats. They're, they're bigger than rats, but they're smaller than than um, opossums. They're like a rat opossum combination or something. I, I found it hilarious that um, like the vol, the vol would be, you know, I guess it's essentially the DS9 equivalent of the the, the the gambling and the chicken fighting. That's what I got out of it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. That's exactly yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The, like co- would, yeah, it's cockfighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, a couple things came. <laughs> came to my mind here it, um and i'm not trying to you know the, the chicken and the cockfighting is a terrible thing to have have you know that the animals do that to each other right yeah um 
a friend of mine, uh, Terry, had sent me this article about some chicken chicken fighting that was happening in uh, uh, one of the Asian countries. And the, the article was about, like, the, the chickens revolted, and then they injured, instead of injuring each other, they injured the owners. So I thought that was, oh, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. So that, that came to my mind. And then the voles. <clears throat> the voles was hilarious because um, uh, some years ago, back in, uh, uh, and this is nothing related to do with, with DS9, but when I heard voles, um, some years ago there was a, a facility, uh, uh, an office building that that um, I had got information on, and they said, "Oh, there's a whole bunch of voles in this building. <laughs> oh, there's a vole infestation in this building." So then I was like, "DS9." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" It's like I'm more, I'm at work. There's a vole. Well, what 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 do they mean by voles? What were they? Because voles aren't a real thing in our in our world. So what, oh, what do they mean by? Yeah, that was the question because someone questioned whoever said the vole infestation. They said, "Well, what is a vole?" Oh, maybe they were Star Trek fans. And they were just, they were making a reference to Star Trek at the time or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought Could've it was been. some sort of mouse. Like some yeah. sort of mouse. Like well, that. maybe that's what it was. They were, make, they were making a playoff of that, off, the, off of uh. Voles from DS9. Because I'm pretty sure Voles were introduced in DS9. And I don't think they're really a thing in any other series. So I want to say they're a mouse. We'll look it up. Someone in the comments. Well, they, they, like they look, they're like a yeah. rat meets an opossum. Like they're too big to be a rat, to be a rat, I guess, unless they're like, you know, New York subway rats or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they're too big to be a rat, but I think they're a little too small to be an opossum, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a combo, basically, if you see them. They're, they're, they're ugly-looking things. He, there's like one or two times I think we actually see them on screen. And, of course, they're dead. They look like rubber they look like rubber rats or something oh, like that we on see the screen, on screen. But Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple times that they're, they're shown like in dead or whatever, but – Anyways, um, yeah, so we get this this kind of this this uh accusation that they've been used for fighting. And so Cisco basically tells Odo, hey, confiscate those, you know, and I, I love what what uh you know Cork suggests that they're his they're they're Morn's pets and he's mm-hmm. gonna be he's gonna be upset or whatever. And he says, Well, if Morn wants new pets, get him some goldfish. Yeah, yeah. And so Cork says, Poor Morn, this is gonna break his hearts. His hearts. Yeah, so we le- like we learned that. that Morn has multiple hearts. I mean, we don't really know a whole lot about Morn. Um, it's very vague on a lot of things about him, although he's referenced a lot throughout the series because he's the most, you know, he he's the the most consistent patron of Cork's Bar, right? He's got his own mm-hmm. seat. He's there all the time and everything. But um, anyway, so then Cisco walks out into Ops, and uh, some random person, he's like, yeah, Ops is yours or whatever. And then as he starts walking towards the turbo lift, we see... The chief come in. We're like, oh, yeah. he's he's you know he's off duty. If you've never seen this episode before, you're thinking, oh, it's the chief. He's off duty, you know. And he comes up to Cisco, and all of a sudden, he points a phaser at him and says, "Get to the get to the uh, um, transporter pad." Yeah, transporter. Yeah, yeah, get the transporter pad. Yeah, and then he heads over, and Cisco tells him to kind of basically stand down. You know, the crew to stand down. And once he gets on the transporter pad. Uh, it, this is where, you know, there, there's some device that we don't know about at this moment, right? Yeah. What exactly what it is, uh, that he uses to kind of wave over the computer and then they transport away. But right before they transport away, Cisco's like, ask where they're going. And this is where O'Brien says, I guess you could say we just stepped through the looking glass, which of course yeah. is the reference of the episode. And then that's where we, that's where we go into the opening segment. And then we jump into it. And, and I like that he uses that phrase. You've stepped through the 
Looking Glass. It's a reference to the episode title and a reference to what Major Curious says at the end of the crossover episode, right? They're using the exact same phrase. So I like that idea um, of continuity of that theme and that the writers put it in and then that's just, you know, makes everything connected and um, maybe some people mind it, but I I really liked it. You know, I just really liked that. Hey, we're connecting this theme all the way through. Yeah, and... I mean, th- this is this is a testament, as we've said before, and I'm sure I've said so many times. You're sick of it, but it's a, it's a testament to DS to DS9's continuity, right? Mm-hmm. The the writers' room, Iris Stephen Bear, and their ability to 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 continue this long story, even with individual episodes. Um, I mean, these two episodes were not back to back. Crossover and Through Looking Glass are not back to back. Crossover, I want to say, was in season two, and then uh, mm-hmm. this episode, season yeah. three. So they're not even they're not back to back. So the fact that they go back and reference, you know, that previous episode and then and then this episode sets up the, this one, I think is pretty wonderful. Yeah, yeah, and that takes a lot of creative skill, right, to to connect that together. So really, uh, you know, appreciate that from the writers and the, and the creators. Um, and hopefully they hear that from us if they're listening to the podcast. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I hope I, I hope one day we have Iris Stephen Bear on with us because that would be. That'd be like a dream for me, um, mm-hmm. uh, being able to talk to to Ira and the showrunner and talk to him about DS9 and his writing career. Uh, he's a incredibly talented writer. Um, I, I want to say he got his start on TNG. Um, <clears throat> and so it would be awesome to have him on one, one time. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll see. We'll see. We're, we're working on some stuff. Um, so anyways. Yeah, so so then it goes to the, the opening credits, you know, and the DS9 theme song, and then it comes back, and we've got O'Brien uh, and Cisco who have now beamed on to another ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and short shortly after, I think Cisco is able to wrestle the uh, the phaser away from O'Brien, right? It yeah, didn't take too much effort on the on the part of Cisco, but that was, that was just a testament to like Cisco being like this this great fighter. Um, and you know, I, O'Brien says something like, well, I guess you have like a whole bunch of questions. Right. And then Cisco says actually less than you think, um, because Cisco's right now he's realized he's in the mirror universe and the end O'Brien confirms it, you know? And so they, they have a conversation and O'Brien's kind of saying, Hey, we're in this middle of this Terran rebellion. Um, and, um, our, our captain Cisco is helping to lead it, but now our captain Cisco's dead. And. Now we need you, you know, to help help us help us get through. And Captain Cisco, I think he's our captain, the Prime Universe Captain Cisco. I think he comes into it with a with a good um, an attitude, I guess is the right or a good viewpoint. He's like, hey, no, you know, good luck, guys, but I can't get involved. You know, I'm not supposed to be involved. This is kind of your thing. Good luck. I kind of know my own place, and if I get like uh, involved too much, I'm just going to change way too many things in the on this side of the mirror universe, you know? Yeah. And he even references that he had two officers that had just, a, and this, he says a year ago yeah, came to the mirror universe. So we know that there's been a, about a year between crossover and through the looking glass. So we get a little bit of a, a, a time reference here, which kind of makes sense. I mean, if you look at DS9, it had seven episodes or seven episodes, seven seasons, excuse me. So you're, you're thinking about a year ish, maybe a little more for each season. Yeah. Um, over the course of the show. Uh, interesting. I, I don't know if you thought this, Chris, but when you mentioned that Cisco disarms 
O'Brien, or now in this case would be maybe Smiley for as he's as he's yeah. better known. It kind of makes me think Prime Universe O'Brien should be a pretty good fighter, right? I mean, he is he was at the at the Battle of Setlick three. He fought the Cardies as he as he calls them, the Cardassians. He's been to war. He's fought before. Smiley hasn't. Remember, Smiley was a, is a Terran. He's he's he was put to work on on Terok Nor and tinkering and fixing things around the station. He was not a fighter. Did you think have that any any thought about that? Is so like, hey, there, there. Okay, here's the difference between Smiley and the Primal Brian. The Smiley doesn't have the the battle field experience and the fighting experience that Prime O'Brien has. You know, I a little a little bit, but you you're absolutely right because yeah, Smiley. Um, and the mirror universe, O'Brien, you know, he had a very difficult life. Um, he yeah. didn't, he, he didn't have the training, right? He didn't have all the Starfleet training. He wasn't involved in a, a theater of war. He's not going to have those skills, right? So um, he may have the same kind of deep down um, essence of his character and traits, but, you know, not those combat skills that our right. Miles O'Brien is, is certainly going to have. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's kind of what I was thinking of when that happened quickly. I was like, oh. Well, that happened quickly. I mean, Smiley doesn't have the same level of expertise in fighting that 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 the chief has. Now, that doesn't mean that in the prime universe, the chief didn't get beat up because we all know the whole running gag with O'Brien was getting put to the ringer, right? So he he, you know, he had his fair share, but O'Brien wasn't somebody who was gonna back down from a fight either. Yeah. Whereas Smiley seemed like it's like, yeah, that was a little I mean. Cisco's got some fighting skills, but that was a little too easy. So yeah. that's, I think a, a distinct difference between Prime Universe and Mirror Universe, O'Brien. Yeah, that's a great point you've got, Zach. Yeah, so it you know Cisco's pretty much he's demanding to say, "Hey, take me back to my universe." Um, and then there's a conversation between um, Smiley and Cisco, where Smiley's saying, "Well, um, again, we're in the middle of this rebellion. Yeah, we this is this is life or death." And we need you because there's the scientist that's working for the Alliance. And um, you're the only one. You're the only one that can uh, that can help in this situation and, and get the scientist, you know, because yeah. she's, she's developing, I guess, this sensor essentially that can um, detect where they are in the Badlands and like find them. And since they're hiding in the Badlands, um, you know, it's really important that they, that they don't get uh, discovered and found. So, yeah. So yeah go ahead no no go ahead yep. yeah yeah so we discover like who this scientist is and it's it's jennifer cisco and you know when we see that when cisco sees it he's like oh um who's this and smiley's like well this is our captain cisco's wife and and our captain cisco's like oh well she was my wife in my universe too like only she's yeah. dead in my universe and um, yeah, I mean, think uh, about that, Chris. So, you put your, I, I want to put myself in Cisco's shoes for a minute. Okay. So, I, I'm married. I have a kid with this woman. Jake was obviously younger than he was when he showed up on DS9, right? Yeah. Um, but she still, he still had a kid with her. He's is his wife. He loves her deeply. And the, his ship is called to fight in the Battle of Wolf 359 against Lacutus's Borg Cube and, and the Borg, and the ship's badly damaged. She dies in the attack, and he has to leave her body behind as and um gets and and get out of there with Jake. And she dies in that in that fight. And of course, we all know his blaming of of Picard for the ordeal, right? Yeah. But 
I put myself in Cisco shoes when I was watching this, and I don't know what your thought was on this, but I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so I get thrown into a mirror universe, an alternate universe, and my deceased wife of about five years ago is now all of a sudden alive. I know she's not my wife, but she's the, she's the same person technically, physically anyways, as my wife. In the mirror universe, I'm still married. I'm also married to her. And I think, what would I do? How would I respond to that knowing that the mission in this case is to go basically stop my wife from making this device that is kind of a betrayal to her own people because she's a Terran as well and get her out of there? And what if she says no? What if she fights me on it? Like, like there's so many thoughts that was going through my head when I watched this episode. If I was in Cisco's shoes, I don't know what you thought. At this, if you had put yourself in Cisco's shoes at the moment he learns his wife is the reason why Smiley has brought him over. Yeah, I was thinking, well, the moment he learned that, he there was only one path that he could conceivably do that he would think he would do. He'd be like, okay, no matter what universe, right? Then he would feel like she's my wife. Well, she was his wife in, in both universes, but no matter what universe he's in he's going to feel compelled to um save her save her yeah. stop her talk to her connect with her whatever whatever it takes right so um i thought yeah once he saw that there was only one one path he probably had in his mind to do and yeah, how I also surreal, thought, yeah yeah no go ahead yeah you know how surreal that would have felt um for him you know to kind of now have that circumstance I also thought to myself, I don't know if you had this thought either. It was just me. I also thought, what if scientists today in, in, in reality are correct? And they, th there are some scientists who theorize that there is an infinite number of alternate realities or an, alternate universes, right? That be, every time you make a decision, it splits off, right? I, we might have talked about this very briefly on the, the last episode we discussed, or maybe it was in, in the first Mirror Mirror episode we reviewed. Um, and I think to myself, if that were true, I don't necessarily agree with that, but let's say it were true. How many of those alternate universes am I married to my real wife? Mm -hmm. Like how many, how many of those alternate universes did I make the same choice, mm -hmm. right? And how many of those alternate universes that I marry my wife and now she's not alive? Or, there's so many of these different things running through my head just in this scene alone when Cisco <laughs> sees that it's his his uh, his wife, albeit not the one from his universe. And I don't know if you had any of those thoughts yourself personally, but I, I definitely had some things pop in my head when it came to that. Yeah, that's really interesting to do a whole bunch of thought experiments with, right? Yeah. Just to see how it how it would be yeah often we think how different could um the the path that we would be on be like if we if there were certain different choices or certain yeah. different um actions that happened in our in our life um so it's really 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 fascinating yeah because i thought about that and i'm like you know the the way my wife and i met it was it was so i mean i think everything happens for a reason but i mean it was so like there's there was no possible way to predict it or or uh, the, the 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 chance of the matter was so infinitesimal that it's like i think to myself in, in many different alternate universes there's so many paths 
that I think would lead to never having having met her, mm-hmm. that things would be vastly different. And then and I'm like, okay, but what if in those other universes, the path still led there? Would I still make the same choice mm-hmm. to, you know, date her and then marry her and everything like that? And I, I like to think to myself, yes, I would, but yeah. I don't know. And we're going to talk about this because later on, as we work our way through the episode, and we've talked about this uh, earlier on the phone about how kind of making this episode a little bit of a Cisco case study. Uh, because the the focus is mostly around him, and I, I kind of thought that through after we talked. I was like, okay, well, what, you know, what choices would I make? Would I still make the same choices? And those other versions of me, would they still make the same choices because they have a different path in their life to that moment or moments? And so it really just got my my brain kind of, I don't want to say scrambled, but just kind of <laughs> lost in the thoughts. <laughs> of those of those things stuff that could kind of make you go mad a little bit you know what i mean yeah that's and that's the um well not only this episode through the looking glass but um the episode tapestry with hugh and picard kind of explores right explores those those types of things yeah Yeah, that's true yeah Yeah, that's true him getting stabbed to the heart by the nausicaan right Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah yeah cisco kind of accepts the mission now right and and then they go to their rebellion, I guess, hideout, like spot, for lack of a better word, like that's yeah, in the Badlands. Are. In the Badlands, yeah, yeah. And we get to see the alternate versions of uh, Bashir, which was which was pretty neat. An alternate version of of Dax, which was pretty neat. But they they introduce Captain Cisco back, saying, "Well, here's our captain," and and everyone's surprised, going, "Oh, they thought he had he had died," and so they're rejoicing like he's he's there. Um, and it's amazing how, for me, it's amazing how easily um, Captain Cisco slips into being able to pretend like he's the mirror universe Captain Cisco. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really quickly, Chris, before yeah. we continue, I just uh, I want to jump back really briefly because I was thinking through this. You know, when when O'Brien explains to Cisco that. If they don't go get Jennifer from Tarok Nor, then the rebels, which is part of the group Smiley's a part of, right? These rebels that are that are that are defining and going against this this Klingon Cardassian alliance. Yeah, they're gonna have no choice but to kill her because they can't allow her to create this this technology, this sensor, or whatever that that gives them away. And so, if you think about it, it kind of leaves Cisco with no choice. I mean. He's already lost her once. Does he really want her to die in this mirror universe? Obviously, the answer is no, uh, because he agrees to it. But I found that fascinating. That's that's that more of that interwoven, intertwined concept of these realities, right? Where it's not his wife. His wife is dead, but it's almost like the idea of her, because there is this other version of her living, and so. Going like you talked about, going to this 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 headquarters and having to put on a show in order to be accepted as their Cisco, in order to make this whole mission happen, you know he knows he has to, right? He knows he has to bluff his way through it because if not, they're going to kill, in theory, his wife. And so I found that fascinating that 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 idea that he doesn't want the another version of Jennifer to die like his Jennifer becomes the driving force to what he's now doing, like you just said. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I just know. wanted to I wanted to point that out because I think that was kind of an important line where Smiley says they're gonna have no choice but to kill her if you know they don't go and get her and keep her from making the device. Yeah, that was really important. You made me there's another thing that I just thought of as you brought this up. Because Smiley, Smiley and O'Brien, right? As far as we know, it is Smiley's idea to go get um, the Prime Universe Cisco. Yes. I don't, I don't know if it's anyone else's idea. No, I think you're right. I think it's Smiley's, and, and that that that's a testament to his character, right? He'd mm-hmm. rather go get Cisco to go help to get her out rather than yes. say, "Oh, we're just going to kill her because she's going to give us away." Yeah, because they could have just they could have just gone and done an assassination. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Um, so I I thought. That was super. I mean, I, I don't know if that was the intent of the writers, but that just is a testament to like Smiley and O'Brien's character. He's just a very decent man. And he's yeah. like, hey, you know, we don't want this to happen. Like she's a Terran and let's get someone that can, uh, you know, help help pull her out. 100%. Yeah, yeah I agree yeah, with that. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So I thought, um, so when they get to the headquarters and their hideout, and they're seeing all of the people. We've got this really uh, different version of uh, Bashir, which is kind of funny. Bashir's uh, maybe funny is not the right word, but Bashir's a very different personality. Yeah, right? he's very rough around the edges. Very rough, and and there's definitely some some conflict going on when Cap- Captain Cisco comes in, um, and Bashir's you know still given attitude, um, and. Smiley's like, all right, you'd hit him, you, you know, you right now you, you'd hit him. That's what, yeah. that's what uh, our captain Cisco would do, and and Cisco's able to go like go right into that mode and immediately like hits him hard. I was like, that's where I was like, yeah, he goes right into the this he taps into this other kind of version of himself really easily and is able to do that and convince everyone else that yeah, I'm I'm their captain Cisco. Um, and and that and that's how it, that was good that was good and we see Dax come in too um i i think right there and um you find out like a twist between uh Dax's and Cisco's relationship in this mirror universe isn't there, isn't there? yeah it's not quite a mentor relationship it's more of a physical liaison romantic kind of relationship right like well, she's kind of the mistress because he is still technically married right as far as we yeah, know yeah yeah so a romance there yeah, I did not ex I did not expect like at all, right? And so um and then they continue the romance and it's kind of kind of interesting cuz yeah, Cisco's really he's trying to go like, "Hey, you know, uh, we've got works we got work to do, you know, we've got to get we got to do some planning and stuff." And that's yeah. like, "Well, I think that can wait." And and Cisco's like, "Well, I guess I can wait." <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think most guys in that situation with Dax would be like, "Yeah, I yeah. can wait." Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it can wait. Um, it's interesting, too, because, you know, there was a scene, I think, right before this where they flash over to Tarok Noor mm. and, and Jennifer Sisko comes in to see the intendant. And she's like, oh, yeah, your husband's been killed. And she doesn't really seem to care. And I think that's that's an important setup to note because it's evident that that scene tells you that Jennifer and the mirror universe version of cisco clearly didn't have a very good relationship yeah um their relationship obviously wasn't close it's not like they were you know really you know soulmate kind of forever love lasting kind of thing 
um they they clearly had some issues the fact that she's like you know kind of oh, oh whatever that doesn't really seem to care that much yeah 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 you know there's a lot of stuff going on in the back yeah and that's yeah, gonna set up find a out. scene later yeah. on yeah between between the two of them yeah very good very good so on on Tarek Nor and that now that we're on Tarek Nor there's like some you re, you realize things are not operating as smoothly on Tarek Nor now that Odo that Odo is not there Gonna say, hmm, yeah. I wonder why that was. <laughs> maybe, maybe because Bashir shot him and blew him up, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, things are not as efficient in the ore processing for sure. Um, no, and the intendant is very mad about that. Garrick, you know, doesn't have the same skills Odo does, <laughs> <laughs> not, not in this universe, anyways. No, yeah, um, so I that I, I, I did like that, and the intendant kind of going, Well, okay, well. Let's find some people at random to execute them. That'll make sure they're like they're more aware and and more um, efficient. And Garrick's like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, Garrick is all on board. We we saw this in crossover. Now we're seeing it in in through the Looking Glass. Garrick could just as soon assassinate all of them. I mean, he we he knows that you know they need the the slave labor right to work the ore processing but he can't stand mm. the terrans we we know for a fact he he's looking for any excuse possible to execute somebody yeah so any chance he gets he's like he's all on board yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so i and i for, i forget how cisco ends up getting on the station again but he does get on the station like short, shortly after again um i think they i i i'm pretty sure that the ship docked to the station ah i just docks, remember they yeah. try to get back to an airlock they're trying to get back to an airlock and they get there they get to the airlock where the ship's supposed to be and then you see some we'll talk about it in a minute but you see somebody dead hanging you know stabbed onto the airlock door and that was ah, supposed to be the ship so i'm pretty yeah. sure they just they just dock to the ship okay okay his reunion with uh you know cisco's reunion with the intendant um again you know the intendant's kind of i would say cisco does a good job of maneuvering his way back into the intendant's almost good graces right because um she's like well we should we should have him executed and he's able to like convince her well no no let's not execute me like yet so um so well we know the intendant has a soft spot for cisco right she it's almost like she's he's kind of like a little love toy for her or something which there are a lot of people that apparently that seem to play that role for her yeah, uh, but he he yeah, you're right, Chris. She's got a she definitely favors him for some reason that, that the others don't understand why. Yeah, yeah, and he's able to. Well, he's, well, his his personality is very, his personality is different than everybody's. Like yeah. Cisco's Cisco's personality, right? It it's it, it, especially in the mirror universe, it has this, um, edge and it has this unpredictability. Um, I would say I like that. Yeah. Yes, uh, I like that. And I'll talk- <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's a yeah. podcast first. The, the Chris's Yoda has shown up. Uh yes. Yes. That was I'll- epic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll talk about like who Cisco reminded me um of because it came to me like either last night or, or today, but he reminds reminds me of, of another character in science fiction, not not in Star Trek, but um yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. But but yeah he's he's able to kind of get in with the intendant and convince her not to execute him just yet but 
through that, right, he's able to make maneuver his way to connect with Jennifer and have some conversations with with Jennifer then. And this is all to all to Garrick's like um, dismay. You know, Garrick's like, "Come on, man, what's going on?" You know, like with this. Yeah, well, Cisco's done a great job of convincing people. He convinces the intendant not to kill him. Yeah, he also convinces the group, the rebel, the the rebel. Good thing I can talk, right? The yeah. rebel group to go get Jennifer and not just have her killed, right? That she's the objective, not not assassinating or executing her. So he's he's very good. He's very good at fitting into this role, this idea of manipulation, and this idea of motivate motivation and manipulation. Mm-hmm. To me, are yeah. two qualities that mirror universe Cisco has. Now we'll talk about this later, but we also will learn later on in the series that ha- perhaps prime universe Cisco also has some manipulating abilities. And we also know he's motivating because he motivates his crew pretty well to get the mission done. Um, but I found that to be a fascinating thing there. Those two traits that we see him needing to nail spot on to be successful over here in the mirror universe. yeah yeah absolutely um and you know we we learn more about him in the conversation that he has with jennifer for sure right but learn a lot about cisco and in that one um yeah should we get into that that was like fascinating we can get in get in his conversation with jennifer now um well let's let's really quickly yeah uh as we're leading up to this um when he when he leaves the airlock on the station after arriving he kisses the intendant which i found that fascinating as well that that he's trying to it, it's that manipulation piece right mm-hmm. it's that idea of trying to kind of get her back around his finger a little bit mm-hmm. in order to um you know basically make amends and be able to motivate her to not kill him. Um, But yeah, I mean, the intendant Kira is not happy that O'Brien has betrayed the Alliance, right? Cause he sort of kind of worked for him, right? Tinkering around the station. Yeah. And you know, the idea that he did it cause he wanted to be free. Um, and 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 Kira's like, hmm, well, maybe we should send him back to ore processing or something like that. Um, so yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of cat and mouse going on in this game in in, in this episode. We saw that to begin in the crossover, and then we saw that um, leading up to that in that scene, that exchange between the intendant and and Cisco. Of course, Garrick just wants to get rid of him. You know, he wants to execute. And honestly, if the intendant were smart. She'd have just listened to Garrick because if she just executed Cisco, none of this, you know, none of this would happen, right? Everything from this episode moving forward wouldn't happen because Cisco would be gone. And that's part of the intendant's weakness, right? Yes. So, so she has um, a weakness for the Terrans. We know that. Yeah, she has a weakness for the Terrans, and uh, so she is, uh, she is ruthless in a way, but she has this weak weakness for um, pleasure. Right. And mm-hmm. rec- recreation, I would say. Yes. Like like she indulges in that and you kind of, you know, she, you see her indulge in, in pampering herself. I mean, she wears like 
a tiara um and you know where's where's um her outfits are certainly very different than major cure's outfits yeah i would i would say her when you look at the intendant and you look at major kira major kira is always working really really hard right she's she's a work she works all the time when she's not working she's meditating meditating or praying um, yeah and she's got a very serious demeanor very serious attitude um just because of, like her having to come up with the war with the cardassians but, well, yeah, and we and we know that she in one episode in particular I can think of I don't remember the name of it where Doctor Bashir has to order her to take time off because she's been working how many days without a out of break and and yeah. I think Cisco I think Cisco was maybe off station at this point I don't remember specifically uh, but she's a workaholic she's a very much a workaholic because I think she realizes how much work has to be done to get Bajor out of the the ashes of the Cardassian occupation to get Bajor potentially into the Federation, to get the station being this hub for the, for Bajor. I mean, there's a lot of things you can see, and she's the first officer. She's the second in command on board the station. So she has a lot of weight on her shoulders from the Bajoran perspective. So you're, you're spot on there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the intendant is just, you know, she wants to play. She wants to indulge like in, in pleasure. Um, and she's, you know, she runs the station, but, um that's kind of her what she wants to do so those are mm -hmm. part of her motivation so but i like the difference that. though chris is yeah. she rules like a dictator right she's yeah. not she's not a commander she's not a somebody leading people she's a dictator and she has minions that do her work <laughs> alternate you know mirror universe cisco before he was killed he was one of her minions that went out and did her deeds right we learned that in the last the crossover uh garrick is one of her minions Odo, one of her minions, mm -hmm. uh, the Klingons, minions. Like there's all these little minions that run around and do her her will and do her deed. She's a dictator. So who cares? She didn't have to do anything. She had to work hard. She just, like you said, loves taking pleasure in things and mm -hmm. having and being le leisurely about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting on that. Thing. Yeah. I think they do. But that, that would that does kind of bring us to this this exchange that you wanted to discuss between yeah. Cisco and, and Jennifer. And I think this is a very important scene in this episode. Yeah. Um, and this this is their first kind of interaction right now with Cisco and Jennifer. And you understand that they haven't seen each other for five years. Cisco is learning about our prime Cisco is really learning about the mirror universe version of Cisco in this in this relationship, right? So yeah. because Jennifer's saying all of these terrible things and Cisco's questioning, Hey, was it that bad? And she's like, well, like, yes, you know, you went out of your way to impress all of these women. Um, you loved your ship more than you, you loved us. You know, you, you wanted to fight. This is what, what you did. Um, and the reaction on Cisco's like face was just kind of taking to me, it was just kind of taking in the information uh, learning about the mirror universe version of Cisco, but also learning about, I felt learning about himself in that in that situation, right? Because he's able to, he slips in so easily into this alternate version of himself when he's in the in the mirror universe that I thought this was a very um, eye opening thing for him to say, oh, I could slip in, you know, slip in here so so easily because he questions Jennifer um, when she's. She says something about impressing all of these other women, 
and um he says were there that many like something to that affection is like oh there was there was enough um and she questions him like yeah why were you getting tribute for um for the intendant you know and he goes that's a very good question he doesn't answer it but he says something like that's a very good question um so he's just kind of taking that taking that in learning about both versions of himself i think were right here um and i like i like that about this episode a lot yeah it's it's this idea of and we talked about this earlier on the phone where if you if you were to go to an alternate universe right or mirror universe and you were to learn about a different version of yourself good bad or indifferent a different version and you learn that the different version of yourself is not a lot like who you are very different in many ways right um and you have to decide what what do i think of that version of me you know what what does that version of me communicate uh there's so many things that you could unpack here um <laughs> like we discussed right yeah. like what what would I kind of wrote down some questions that I would ask myself. Like, what would we think of ourselves if we saw an alternate version of us? Um, what would that alternate version look like? Would the alternate version be a a a a, a, a terrible human? Would they be evil? Would they be? I, 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 there, there's so many things that you could think about about yourself, right? You think, okay, well, in this situation, I know I would make this choice. But would a different version of me who maybe has had a different life because they've made different choices, would they make the same decision that I would make in this in this particular instance? In this scene, like as you eloquently put it, Chris, Cisco is taking things in, right? He's he's learning about this other version of himself. And I think you can kind of see it on his face. Maybe, maybe you didn't catch this. I don't know if you did. What I took away from from his facial expressions were that he wasn't really liking what he heard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, his face, he wasn't excited to hear about it. He was like, Oh, you know, he, and so he, he wouldn't take fault for anything because obviously he didn't do it. And he wouldn't answer questions because he didn't want to say something that may be contrary to what she thought he was. Cause right now she doesn't know that he's a different version. Um, but I found it interesting the way in which his he responded, you know, with his face, right? The 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 body language, the posturing of of him as he found out these details. I don't know if you noticed that, but that's yeah. something that really caught my attention. Yeah, it did catch my attention too on him him processing that um and him coming to understanding of that. So these were like these these kind of dark or negative qual I'll use the term like dark or negative qualities and in Cisco right now because he he was trying to um impress all the women that come that came across in this um in the past at least the, the mirror universe about the mirror yeah. universe Cisco right and he was uh ma manipulative he was like hurting the Terrans in a very very um bad way this you know the prime prime universe Cisco I think this is where he starts understanding about himself that these are still within him these are qualities that he has but they're not brought to the front right they're controlled by all of the they're controlled by the more light 
light and positive part of himself, right? These yeah, the morals of, and the values of him of himself. Yeah, right, right. It's kind of controlled, but then he's like understanding. Oh, it's here. You know, this is this is part of me. You know, and um, this is this is a version of me that could have easily like have happened. Um, so yeah. that's what I took from it, and I thought you know this was this was was really really powerful and every books i feel did a did a really good job um, doing that yeah i would agree i i i also looked at this as well um from the sense that okay i see a different version of myself and i look and say am i capable of doing and saying the same things that this one is right because this is me but it has different life experiences. It has a different, it, 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 how it got to this point is different than how I got to the same point because I lived a different life in theory. So does that mean that deep within me, I'm capable of the same things that this version of me is capable of? Or am I not because I don't have the same life experiences that this other version had? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that kind of tears me a little bit because I, I'd like to think that the other versions of me, if there were those out there would have similar values and morals and things that I feel like I have here. But then again, if you live a different life and you you're, you're raised differently or you have different experiences, you have different traumas and stuff. How differently does that change? Like at the core, at the soul of your being, are you capable of those things? I guess that's 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 kind of that that good versus evil. This idea that everybody who walks this planet is capable of evil. Yeah. You may not think you are, but depending on life experiences and events that may happen to you and traumas that may happen could easily trigger those things down inside that maybe wouldn't ordinarily come out. And I think this is kind of what we're seeing that Cisco is seeing in a different version of himself. Yeah. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. So Cisco is realizing, uh, so the mirror, ver the mirror version of Cisco, um, we understand that the mirror version of Cisco did manip manipulative things. He hurt the Terrans. He caused a lot of people to die. Um, there's a lot of bad that he did in that right. universe. Cisco, the prime universe of Cisco is, is understanding that. And I think also understanding Oh, these traits are within me too. And and I and I'm gonna connect this to another episode, like like we talked about yeah. like earlier, right? We connect this to another episode where um in the pale moonlight, the mm. prime prime universe Cisco is reflecting on some um decisions he made that um you know they were able to bring the Romulans into the war and turn the tide of the um, you know the tide of the dominion war where it needed to go in order to save like <laughs> save the quadrant yeah but the the that decision and kind of the the intrinsic dilemma of that decision was it was not an it was not an ethical decision if you look at that just just on the whole of the decision right there right so yeah. the decision itself not the consequences the positive consequences after it was is that particular decision but that's kind of a trait that cisco has right he's he's like okay i'm gonna make 
whether it was the prime universe Cisco or the mirror universe Cisco, he's capable of thinking that way, of kind of making a decision that way and doing an action that way to manipulate the circumstances. Um, and so I thought, all right, that fits, right? So, so prime universe Cisco's understanding this about himself and he's taking that knowledge and then it's being applied like in, in the future too, in some of his future decisions. So I, I, yeah, you know, I contrast that with, uh, Picard, um, and I'm just like, oh, Picard's just not like, you know, Picard's not like that. You know, I don't think he, he just is not like that. Um, so, but this is, this is what I like about Cisco kind of seeing that in both versions of himself right there. Yeah. I actually kind of want to tie this back a little bit, Chris, the yeah. siege of AR558, mm -hmm. an amazing episode, very, uh, uh kind of pretty dark episode. And this is the episode where Nog uh, loses his leg in battle, right, against the yeah. Jem'Hadar, and begins to experience, you know, what he will learn to be is, is a, a, you know, PTSD, right? And you think about it, okay? So, so Nog, Nog goes to battle, and fights the Jem'Hadar, and and it the, the trauma of losing his leg and the trauma of the war. I bet you, if at the beginning of the series, that young kid who was hanging out in the promenade with Jake causing trouble and that little Frangy boy probably wouldn't have thought he was capable of doing the things he did after being in Starfleet and after fighting the, in the Dominion War. Uh, be, be, because the things that he experienced and went through changed him, mm -hmm. right? So I think back and I go, okay, so what, what types of things would I have had to have gone through? What types of traumas or decisions poor decisions what i would have had to have made to make me be like fill in the blank mm -hmm. right to make me become a certain way or me uh change my personality in a way like obviously the person i am today is not the person i was 20 years ago or 10 years ago even or even five years ago so what things have happened that has that have changed me because of that and i then think in an alternate universe those decisions that would have been made differently in the past how would those have changed me and what would I look like in an alternate version of myself? The same kind of maybe internal struggle or internal dis uh, discussions that Cisco is having in his head as he's learning about himself and his scene with Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, obviously we don't know for sure, but maybe those, some of those thoughts and some of those, those uh, ideas are running through his mind as he learns about this other version of himself. Cause he didn't meet the other version. Right. Uh, Bashir and and Kira met the other Cisco. He did not, mm -hmm. so he did not get to see firsthand. He now has to go off of what Jennifer's told him and what Smiley and, uh, has told him, and other people are telling him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Jen and Jennifer's seen like the worst of him. And, yeah, you know, she's kind of seeing. I think she expresses to him that, yeah, I I hate you. I don't want anything to do with you. Um, but he, yeah. but he's able to still connect with her like in a way he's just a, he's like thinking hey i think right We've yeah been... i think it, this idea chris that uh you know they're married in the prime universe they're married in this universe so there's something that crosses the bounds of the universe right this connection that no matter what mirror universe they're in they still have this connection right like these two people that two people have this connection regardless it spans across the universe in yeah. time and space yeah that's a, that's, a... that's what 
yeah what some people <laughs> like to think for sure <laughs> no indeed that is a like and that's a beautiful um that's a beautiful concept yeah but it, yeah i do like how he connects with her and kind of convinces her in a way because he says we've been at each other for so long we're not just you know we're used to being on the opposite sides because he questions her he's saying why are you doing this for the alliance because you know you're right. hurting your people you're hurting the terrans like why you know this is a this is a cogent and it's a logical ar argument saying you know look at what your actions are doing you're hurting like humanity um and then he connects it like really like you know why i think this is happening is we're so used to being on the opposite sides and so you need to be on the opposite side to like fight me and um you're yeah. used to that and so but he kind of appeals to her and pleads with her let's you know you know stop that let's 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 just let's try and get out of here i've come to rescue you and um you know i think that was the the argument that kind of convinces her you know the logic that kind of convinces her well okay i'll give this a chance yeah it's it's a wonderful scene i think it's a very important scene this episode mm -hmm. uh because this is where things turn right uh we uh i there, there's a subdermal communicator that's that that cisco has he's able to communicate to smiley and he's able to disable the guards outside of of the quarters and gets him and jennifer out of that room in order to try to get off the station yeah. right and I, I think i even remember him saying something to the effect of like are you coming or not or whatever have you made a decision and then she finally decides to agrees to go with him because she she realizes after their conversation that well maybe i misjudged him maybe i don't know him the way i thought i did or we've been apart for so long that maybe something about him has changed a little bit because she doesn't know he's from the other universe of uh, uh, the other prime universe yet or our prime universe um and so i think that 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 scene is really critical to the, the movement forward in the rest of the episode yeah i do and i like how that evolves in her perception and her thoughts to towards cisco because like uh, she's you know, she doesn't trust him at first, um, but he kind of gets in that wedge to, to, to convince her to say, OK, she's going to follow him for now. Um, but as they go through. As they're running through the station, you, you, I, I like the those kind of small, intimate moments where he's saying, you know, I we didn't we're not I'm not going to leave you. You know, we didn't come this far to just just give up and, and leave. And the way she looks at him and goes, OK, I, you know, I believe you. You know, she starts her trust yeah. starts to to grow and grow and grow and you see like she's looking at him intently um and you know realizing that this is not i mean this is cisco but it's not like not like cisco like he was like not the cisco that she knows right she goes yeah, something's, something's something, changed something's changed something's different. yeah so i like i like as 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 he's asked if she's coming or not and then she says well you know something about this no, nothing this doesn't change the fact that i still hate you or whatever <laughs> like but she but but she kind of says it with like a little bit of a smirk you know and and uh obviously that conversation they had was critical to cisco winning her over right yeah. and and showing her him from prime universe prime universe cisco versus how mirror Mir universe cisco was to her uh and and it's 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 important moving forward we're going to see that in other ds9 episodes that relationship i think comes back at some point uh yeah. and the importance of of that moment that builds uh between between cisco and jennifer yeah um, yeah 
And so that that's important moving forward. Um, they're able to get out and they get, they kind of get caught in a, in a, one of the hallways on the station they're getting shot at. And then, uh, they're able to get out of there. And unfortunately they come to the airlock and then there's the corpse of mirror universe, Rom hanging. Uh, I believe he stabbed or something like that th through the chest. Um, so we, we didn't get mirror universe Rom very long. We got that one little scene that he's in the, uh, the rebellion group, and then he's dead after that. So now they've killed off Quark and Rom yeah. in the universe, right? Brothers are gone. Yeah, two of our favorite Ferengi, right? Um, it's 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 unfortunate. I'd like to have seen more of Mirror Universe Quark, to be honest with you. I mean, we we've both said before how much we love Quark, and we love Nog too. Nog, Nog is an incredibly smart engineer. Uh, you know, he has lacks a little bit of social common sense, but very smart engineer uh, on DS Nine, as we learn moving forward in the show. Um, so it kind of stunk that they killed both them off, but would have been funny if the mirror universe of Quark, if the mirror universe of him was like some sort of a great philanthropist, you know, <laughs> he was no, all I, about, I, yeah. I would have liked to have, honestly, that would have been funny. I would have liked to have seen Quark like his brother Gala, like this weapons dealing, you know, like <laughs> mercenary for hire, like fighter guy, like, oh, he's got a bar on the side, but he really, he goes out and does the intendant's business and goes out and kills people and assassinates them. That would have been a much different Quark than I think we were used to seeing. Yeah. The mere universe Quark we got was a much less confident, much more scared of his own shadow kind of a, a character than he was this, uh, you know, sneaky, weaselly, you know, Ferengi dealing person yeah. um, in the prime universe. Uh, but very interesting though, Chris. So they run to the ore processing center. They, 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 they get themselves uh, hunkered down and then they just let him in yeah and cisco like yeah we let you in but uh i set the auto destruct sequence and where everybody's gonna die in like nine minutes or something like that right and then yeah. she's like yeah right you're bluffing and then she goes to to stop it and the, the, the station's like uh no the authorization code's been changed and she's like oh uh maybe he is serious yep yeah, I, and I like it. They're looking at each other in the intended, um, and she's like, willing. She's realizing, oh, yep, yep, he's not bluffing, and and what is it? She says, oh, okay. She goes, okay. Well, give me the code, and and you guys will be able to to escape. I'll let you live. And he and he's like, no, no, no. I'll I'll uh, get us on the ship, and we'll go on the ship, and then I'll give you code. So so I he was smart right there, and you see. Um, some reaction shots from jennifer which i yeah. thought was nice right she was like oh, okay this is a different kind of you know circumstance a different cisco for sure and so finally yeah. that was smart and they were able to leave and i and i like it because the intendant's like i'm gonna hunt you down <laughs> yeah right Cisco's like well you're yeah go ahead and try and so yeah. it was that was cool. It's the cat and mouse game again, right? We yeah. even saw that with the Mirror Universe Cisco. Mirror Universe Cisco played a cat and mouse game with her. Yeah. There's a lot of that in the in the in the Mirror Universe. A lot of cat and mouse. And I think it it it's what makes the Mirror Universe so much fun, right? This idea of, you know, almost like a Tom and Jerry, right? Like I'm going to get you and then I'm going to get you and then I'm going to hunt you down. Oh, you keep good good luck trying and blah blah, but I did a, a special uh special guest <gasps> decided to make his way into oh, the yeah? room. So, yeah. Oh, JJ kind of hard to see it in oh. here it's dark but yeah he decided to push the door open and come in and say hello so now oh. he's on my lap with me oh that is wonderful so, yeah he's very small right now he's only nine weeks old as i said but there he is 
Oh, he's so cute. Uh, you making your first appearance on the podcast, aren't you? But oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. So we got our we got our dog buddies with us. What yeah. more could we ask for? Our you dogs know, dogs are there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this has been a this is a this is a really fun episode. Um, and and so Cisco gets away. They 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 get away and they go to the um, they, they go to the uh, back to their their lair right the the yeah. alliance hideout and uh, uh cisco has to leave but i don't i don't remember cisco actually telling uh jennifer that he's from an alternate universe yeah. but i think he kind of hints at it a little bit i think she starts to figure out uh, i think she even says like oh you're not my husband or whatever or something like that right i don't remember the specific yeah. dialogue but she figures out it's she's not he's not her actual husband from the her, her universe i really liked this exchange because uh, yeah. she she says oh so so he's dead and he's and he says yeah yeah you know she kind of confirmed she says at first like oh he's dead isn't he and he's like yes i'm really sorry and um and she's like well who who are you and he doesn't answer that he goes well you know ask smiley he's he's gonna fill you all in right so she knows who to go to and she knows he's a she knows he's a version of Ben Cisco probably like suspects it, suspects yeah. who he is. But uh... yeah, she deduced it on her own. I think. I think from yeah. from the discussion they had in 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 those quarters, which was so critically important moving forward. Honestly, that just that one discussion helped turn or save the the rebellion from mm -hmm. the alliance. Otherwise, had that not happened, they either would have killed her, or she would have made this device that would have maybe destroyed the rebellion yeah yeah so it was a very very important uh piece yeah you know what i mean absolutely it was absolutely um yeah so i like that and i, I like the little exchange where dax and jennifer are like talking to each other for a little bit and um who's it that says i think jennifer's like oh we've got a lot in common dax dax and jennifer so uh i thought that was pretty funny and oh and yeah, then, yeah 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 that was that was pretty funny yeah and then you know after that cisco's like okay now it's time for me to return to to my universe and then he's able to go um there's an exchange there we talk about the end where 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 uh jennifer says why don't you start by telling me what happened to my husband he's dead isn't he and he's like i'm sorry and she's like don't be so she doesn't miss yeah, yeah. The, the the her version of her husband because of the way he was, and I think she appreciates this version of Cisco that she that she was able to have some interaction with, and and he, he helped her to see that she couldn't continue doing what she was doing. Yeah, yeah, that was important. I think we'll, I, I if I recall correctly, we'll see more of Jennifer actually in the other DS9 mirror universe episodes. Yeah. I think they bring her back, which is smart. Um, I believe she becomes one of the leaders of the, of the, the rebellion at some point, um, mm -hmm. which would make sense. She's a scientist or engineer of some kind in this, in this mirror universe and therefore uh, important to the, the, the uh, rebellion success. Yeah. Nice. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. Th this, this was a, um, this episode really had me thinking quite a bit, Chris. The, these ideas of alter egos, of of good versus evil, internal struggle and strife, 
there were so many things that happened that made me think like, you know, what, what would I do? Which is what Star Trek does so well, right? Is this idea of telling a story and, and posing questions or making you think through things, challenging social norms or challenging uh, ideas or values and stuff and saying, well, is it really, is that really good or is it not? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, is it a popular opinion or is it, you know, I mean, there's so many things and, and this, this episode was no different. Um, you could just take this episode for face value, which is a fun mirror universe episode with some action and things. But if you dig down deep, like we've discussed, I think you, you start to question about, well, would the alternate version or versions of myself, would they be good people? Right? Like, would it, they have the same morals and values that I have? Would they think the same? Would they act the same? I mean, the answer is probably no to some of that. But how would they respond? How would they act? That's kind of, you know, what would I meet myself and go, wow, this guy's a piece of crap. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this guy is garbage. You know what I mean? Like, there's just... Mm-hmm really made me think like, man, I wonder what I would be like in an alternate timeline. Like, how would I, how would I be now versus who I am today? I don't know if you had those thoughts, but this episode really had me thinking because we see that, that, that interplay and that comparisons of, of Cisco's from, from mirror universe and prime universe. Yeah. I think, I think that is excellent. That is great. Some of the thoughts that I had were, are similar in, in, in that I was thinking about people and the yin and yang that is like present in people and that dividing line. Right. And, and so yeah. how easy, um, you know, you, we live in that dividing line between uh, yin and yang when we recognize and kind of embrace those um, characteristics, both light and dark characteristics of our personalities, um, how it can be explored if the dark traits of a personality take over. Like, how does that manifest itself into a person? Or if the light, you know, if, if the light side of a, uh, the personality takes over, how does that manifest itself? Or um, if you embrace both of those equally and kind of do, do that in, your, in that line, how does that manifest itself into to a person? That's what I was thinking about when I was um, observing and kind of seeing Cisco, like in this circumstance, and seeing him learn about himself and his conversation with, with Jennifer and his conversations, you know, with, um, uh, with Dax and with, with Smiley. And I, I thought, you know, how, uh, in a way, in a way, what a gift that is, like, to, to be taught that, like, about yourself, like, hey, this was, this is you in a different circumstance in a different reality this is yeah this is who you are and um what a gift to have that self-knowledge like um cisco gets that gift of self-knowledge here captain picard has been given that gift of self-knowledge through q right um i'm thinking about the other captains if they if they really get that sense of of self-knowledge um it's not coming to me right now with archer or or Janeway or or Kirk maybe Kirk does in the trans in the in the episode that where there's the transporter accident but that is a 
it is actually it's like a rare and special gift like here's here's you yeah i i would say maybe a little bit for archer this idea of the temporal cold war and seeing the future of things and and the role that the enterprise plays and they're part of the timeline and so forth so maybe a little bit on a more of a larger scale rather than a in an individual specific individual introspective kind of thing yeah um I, you know with Janeway I don't I mean I know she gets visited by Q once but I don't know that yeah I I, I there probably is an episode or episodes where she has some of that but maybe but not necessarily in this way that like Picard had and where now Cisco has and yeah. Cisco gets some of it too because of all the visits he has from the prophets right from the wormhole aliens um he he gets a lot of that from that perspective as well and his role as the emissary Oh yeah, actually, thank you that, that you brought that up. Right, I'm I'm so glad because I had that fleeting thought. Um, the prime universe of Cisco is this. He's an emissary. He's this yeah. revered person, right, by the Bajorans. Um, he's got connection with the with the prophets, and so it's it's got in the prime universe of Cisco, it's this huge, positive kind of um thing for him, right? And how does right. he, um, internalize that for his own ego? Um, right, he doesn't make a big deal of a, a, about it, but it has to. He has to. I'm sure he thinks about it a lot. Um, yeah. But but he doesn't want to be the emissary. He doesn't think that's that's him. Yeah. He has to be convinced. There's a lot of convincing that has to go on, both from uh, from from Kira when she kind of starts to believe it. Uh, you get um, Vedic since people that are behind him. I mean, obviously, you know, Vedic win Kai slash Kai win. Is yeah. not a believer of him as the emissary, and then later on she kind of gets to that point where she believes it. But like, there's a lot of convincing that has to be done to get him to believe that, yeah, he's the emissary. Yeah, yeah. And in the right? mirror, yeah, learn, yeah, we learn that at the end of the show, right? We learn that Cisco's mom is was one of the prophets or something like that, right? Like she has some connection to the prophets, yeah. and that's why he's part. He becomes the way he is, and everything. Mirror Universe version, he'd be like anti-emissary. He's like an opposite. <laughs> well, yeah, and, yeah. In this version, he's not right. Yeah. He's just another dude. He's another Terran, yeah. in a much different different route. And that's kind of what goes back to this idea of what would I be like if I had taken an alternate path in life? How would that mm -hmm. shape who I am today? And we know that it would. Had you taken a different path, Chris, you'd be shaped differently. You you would almost be guaranteed to be there'd be certain aspects of it to be the same of course but but there would be many things about you that would be different than who you are today and i think that's kind of this idea we're getting this case study of cisco i love that you brought up in the pale moonlight because in the pale moonlight showed that cisco is capable of those things yeah and this idea of what are we as a human being capable of well there's a lot of people out there that do a lot of evil that probably you wouldn't have thought were capable of that when they were younger and then things happen or or they go through stuff and all of a sudden they become capable of doing something that they would have never thought capable or you always hear that oh this person was a mass murderer but they were such a quiet neighbor you never i never would have thought they were capable of that yeah right i bet you cisco when he's learning about his other version of himself maybe thinks to himself man i didn't realize i was capable of this absolutely you know that's kind of the big rock i take away from this episode is as a human being, what am I capable of? I think to myself sitting here right now talking to you, well, I'm not capable of X, Y, and Z. But what if I went through certain things? Would that then make me capable of doing or saying those things? It's possible. 
Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I hope I never have to find out. Mm-hmm. But you know <laughs> what I mean? That that's kind of what really took over my thoughts as I as I rewatched this episode. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And this episode is um, acknowledging that hey, hey, this is in you, right? So, and that's the gift of self knowledge. Yeah. Going your your capacity um, for darkness, your capacity for um, mayhem and chaos your capacity for evil hey hey that's there that's in you and this is now this is a gift that you have to recognize that it's there yeah and some people are going to say some people believe that humans by nature are good i disagree i think by nature humans are not good um i think that 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 we have to be taught and we have to learn uh that we are not that we have to there are certain things certain inalienable things certain values and principles uh, they're being part of a society that we have to um do right mm-hmm. to be contributing members of society uh and so that's kind of where you know i i look at it like yeah as human beings we're not inherently good i think we're inherently evil Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be taught to do good. You don't have to teach somebody to do bad. Think about it, right? As a kid, right? If you're a little kid, you don't have to teach a kid to be naughty or teach a kid to, you know, act out or whatever. You have to teach them how to behave. You have to teach them values and principles. And and hey, we don't do X, Y, and Z, or we need to be respectful and things like that. That's not inherent in us, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. So this idea that well, people are inherently good, I think is to me bogus. I think there are people who are inclined, but it all depends on what you've been taught and the life experiences you have and how that shapes you. So my two cents on it, I guess. No, I gotcha. So, it, uh, so this is who Cisco reminded me of the um, when Cisco slips into his mirror universe version of himself. Um, yeah. If you, I don't recall, I don't think you've seen it, but it really reminded me of Roy Batty from Blade Runner. And this is Rutger Hauer's character. Rutger Hauer's, Hauer's character. I apologize if I'm saying his name wrong. I'm just not, my words are spilling over. <laughs> um, but Roy Batty is very charismatic. He's, uh, he's got loyal followers. You never know what he's thinking. He's manipulative. He's kind of crazy. Mm. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, that's that's who came to my mind when I was thinking of the mirror version of Cisco because he walks into the, Cisco. The mirror, he walks into that room, um, and he's able to get all his uh, all of those other rebels like to follow him. You know, and he punches Bashir yeah. in the face, and he's saying these crazy things like, "Now they're scared of us," um, and he's he laughs like this maniacal, like uncontrollable laugh. Like he'll bring that out, and then everyone like will rally around him. So. Yeah, if you ever if you ever see that uh, Blade Runner with Roy Batty, that's that's who the the, the original Blade Runner or the twenty with the the second one original. Oh, well, I've seen the original. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've seen. I have. I've seen the. I have the director's cut. I think. Yeah. Nice. You know, that 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 makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I I definitely can see that. But yeah, well, Chris, this was another great <laughs> deep dive. I, I mean, I we talk about this all the time. We love diving deep into these things we love talking about um not only 
things that we're passionate about, but really digging down into the next layer layers of stuff. And uh, on the surface, this doesn't seem like a very deep episode, but when you kind of peel back the layers a little bit, peel back the onion, you go, yeah, there's, there's more to this, I think, than, than maybe meets the eye. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of, this is really neat talking about this particular episode so many years later, you know, how it affects us. Um, I think it's, yeah. I think it's great. Um, this inspired a lot of, of science fiction ideas in modern modern science fiction or science fiction not too long ago these types of mirror universe episodes you know they've had whole series that have that have done this you know if, if people haven't seen fringe you know fringe is a whole there's a parallel universe in, in fringe too right? yeah that you can yeah you know this is this is great yeah definitely was so Yes, well, thank you, everybody, so much all over the interwebs and the globe. Yes. Hopefully in Antarctica, too. Yes. <laughs> uh, for listening and tuning in. We very much appreciate it. And we we love doing this. It's it's a blast. So if, if you haven't already, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to, to like and subscribe on YouTube if you're, you're watching us there or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us there. Uh, this is episode number three of our Spotlight series. Uh, our first little go through of our spotlight series is dedicated to the mirror universe. So we'll be up again the next time we do this with uh, another DS9 uh, mirror universe episode. Uh, but at the time of this recording coming up next weekend, we're going to have the lovely Erica Rose with us to, to uh, discuss uh, her career and discuss her time on shuttle pod show and what it's, what it's been like being a host and, types of things she's learned about herself and about the process and the show. And it's going to be a wonderful time. So we look forward to that. And then of course we have Matt Williams coming up in a couple of weeks, the legendary Hollywood producer and show creator of the greatest sitcom in television history, home improvement, in my opinion, my favorite. <laughs> so look forward to, to chatting with the two of them. We have going to have a blast with that. We're going to learn a ton all as we always do. And uh, I know we're both excited for those, Chris. It's going to be fantastic. I can't yeah. wait for them. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it really will be. So we'll be back with another Spotlight episode in the very near future, I'm sure. But until then, thank you always, as always, for tuning in and watching and listening to us all over. We appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time right here on the Random Redshirt Podcast. <laughs>